0: Everything as a Service Journal is an online publication built to help technology solution providers identify and quickly tap into new sources of recurring revenue. to the Zazzcast, I'm your host, Jay McCall, and today we'll be delving into a topic we can all relate to, email. More specifically, email security. Malware phishing, other dynamic threats are a daily challenge for businesses of all sizes. And this is especially true for Microsoft Office 365 users, which comprise more than half, 56% of organizations that have shifted to cloud services. Uh, A recent study from Egress found that organizations using Microsoft 365 have seen a 67% increase in data leaks via email since March 2020. It's also a well-established fact that email is a primary threat vector accounting for 90% of cyber attacks. And we're finding, too, that traditional endpoint security tools aren't adequately protecting cloud-based solutions. And to help us get a better handle on this topic and talk about some updated best practices, uh, joining me today is Stephanie Cavigliano. She's the product marketing manager at Barracuda and Alessia Klevchuk. She's the principal product marketing manager at Barracuda. Stephanie and Alessia, welcome.
1: Hi, Jay. Hello.
0: Hey. Hey, thanks for joining me. And uh, Alessia, I know this is your uh, second time as we talked before the um, podcast, uh, Uh, We did one of these um, about nine months ago now during the pandemic. So it's nice that we're kind of on the tail end of things there. Um, But uh, unfortunately, security attacks uh, haven't uh, dropped down like uh, COVID cases have. And uh, in fact, it it looks like they're going in the opposite direction. And so um, let's just jump right into this. I know we got a lot to talk about here today. So um, phishing email attacks in particular continue to be a top used vector for cyber criminals to gain access to business data. And whether that's to deploy ransomware or for account takeover tactics, it is getting worse. Um, What are you seeing? What are the latest trends?
1: Yeah, for sure, email attacks are definitely evolving. And we have seen that um, constantly over the past uh, decades. Uh, And what we've seen in the past few years is that they are actually succeeding and they are increasing in the complexity. Uh, we're seeing a real change in the type of attacks um, that are targeting organizations today. There is this real clear shift from this volumetric type of attacks to a more targeted threat, from malware to social engineering tactics being used, from individual um, hackers trying to create um, email attacks and send them to the victims to organize criminal enterprises, really Uh, setting up campaigns and targeting very specific organizations for very specific reasons. There's also been a bit of a shift from this kind of idea of data distraction and uh, where you go in and, and damage or destroy the data within the organization or go with that goal of causing havoc to, you know, they're going straight for their money now. Um, it's a ransomware attacks demands for ransoms that keeps on growing, uh, wire fraud, payroll scans, gift cards, you know, they're going for the dollars. They're, they're not going for the as much of the data and trying to sell it off and these social engineering tactics are so much harder to detect as well um, the old methodologies that uh, we used in, in our traditional security such as rules or you know, simple lists signatures they they are just no longer effective and uh, organizations really need to start thinking beyond the simple uh filtering technology and and looking at other ways to Detect and and prevent those um, those attacks. And part of it is is also realizing that no matter what kind of technology and what kind of protection you have in place, unfortunately, nothing is effective hundred percent of the time. Um, so you do need to have something that is um, gets you ready to respond and to remediate put, uh, any attacks that may have um, gotten through, so you can do that quickly.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds like you know these attacks are uh, getting uh, more malicious and sophisticated and getting through some of the traditional defenses. I know Barracuda recently highlighted uh, post-delivery email threats as something organizations need to uh, pay attention to. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about these threat types?
2: Sure. So, as Alessia mentioned, you know these evolving email attacks—they're posing significant risks to organizations, big and small. Organizations of all sizes. These attacks don't discriminate. Um, And as these email attacks become more sophisticated, they do—you know—they're designed to reach end users directly to bypass whatever security solution. So, as they, um, you know, continue to land in front of these end users at sort of an alarming rate, um, we need to take direct action on how how we remediate them once they're there, right? So a singular focus on preventing them from getting to the end user really isn't enough anymore. So what do we do once the email threat is delivered? And that's what we mean when we're talking about post-delivery. We're talking about the threat that an email um, attack poses to an organization once it's made it through those security controls and it gets delivered to a user's mailbox. Once it's there, fortunately, there are several steps that can be taken you know, to identify it firstly as malicious and um, to remediate it before a user can get to it a lot of the times. But sometimes the user is going to be the last line of defense, right? Sometimes security controls can't come to the rescue and it's up to the user. Um, So the best case in that scenario is that users are going to report the suspicious email to their IT teams. Again, this doesn't always happen. Right. And that can be due to a lack of training. Right. It, it can just be due to negligence. Right. Sometimes I'll see what looks like a suspicious email and I'll just delete it. Right. Instead of yeah. report it. It's it's easy to not report. So we never want to discourage users from reporting um, suspicious emails. Right. That's a good practice to get into. We'd prefer that they over report. Um, but as users continue to report these emails, that also leaves Leads to an influx of reported emails that it has to sift through Um, and user reported emails the accuracy of those isn't always, I mean it certainly isn't 100% right which means that it is sifting through a lot of false positives a lot of the time. So these post-delivery actions that organizations have to take to remediate a threat after it's been delivered um, really start to compound, right? And you can see the sort of snowball effect. Um, these activities that are conducted in the aftermath of a security um, threat that, that might be in a user's inbox, we refer to that as incident response. And um, you know, an effective incident response strategy is gonna remediate that security threat quickly Going to stop the spread of the attack and minimize any potential damage, be it you know direct monetary loss or data loss, brand damage loss, or you know uh, damage to an organization's brand and reputation. Um, But you know, as I sort of indicated here, incident response itself can be kind of a beast, and and can cause an unnecessary strain on IT teams, Um, taking anywhere from like three to six hours on average per incident. Wow. Um, and sometimes this is longer, right? We see cases of this being eight hours, sometimes on average. Um, again, that's per incident. So if an organization's getting five incidents a day, right? Just let's say it's five user reported emails a day. Um, you know, that can be upwards of 20 hours in incident response, right? More than a full day's work. Yeah. So, all the while, you know, this is a heavy burden on an IT team, and all that time that's elapsing still leaves an organization vulnerable to even more attacks. So sort of the net net of this is that without a really efficient incident response strategy, threats will often go undetected until it's too late or take too long to clean up um, for the potential mitigation of that damage to really be effective.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty alarming stuff here. Tell me more about uh, your, your research on this topic and about, you know, organizations dealing with post delivery email threats and its impact.
1: So we set out to to do this research because a lot of the organizations are actually missing incident response as a process, or they feel that they have it, but it's not efficient enough. So we just wanted to really um, understand at get an understanding of how do these attacks get through? Like, what do organizations um, do to remediate these attacks? How are they identifying these threats? Are they user-reported threats? What what tools do they use to um, to find these attacks? What is the potential impact of... um, this, uh, emails that do land in users in boxes and sit there for, uh, minutes, hours, days. Um, and, and what is it that we can do to help organizations to make this faster? What contributes to a faster incident response? Because the quicker you respond, the, the better, um, uh, the kind of the better you are, uh, the less likely you are to, uh, cause some major security breach within the within the organization. So we uh, looked at thousands of different organizations and their post delivery remediation processes. And, um, and what we found is that definitely your employees are still your number one source of intelligence. And that, so make sure you train them and you train them well to report. Sometimes they get uh, really excited and report too much, but that's probably a, a good problem to have um, at times. Um, but what we also found is that an average organization will have to deal with around 15 email security incidents per month. So it may sound like a big number to some organizations and a small number to other organizations. But if you think back to what Stephanie was saying, that it, it could take anywhere between three to six hours to deal with a single one. And if you have a 15 um uh, emails, security incidents to deal with every month. You know those hours really add up. And if you are a smaller business with just a single IT or a single security analyst, or maybe not even that, and you are using somebody else to help you with your IT, you know, when you're lacking IT resources altogether, you know, th- this is a resource you just don't have. So this, this can be really, really slow and, and really leave your organization exposed. And what's also interesting is that a lot of these attack attacks are actually pretty targeted. So uh, on average, there's around 10 employees also so uh, being impacted by uh, each of these uh, attacks that actually got delivered. So again, it's, It's a small enough number that you're not looking for just a large scale attack that is impacting everybody in your organization. So you are still almost looking for that needle in a haystack. But it's more than one individual. So you still have a job at identifying all of those 10 employees, because even if you miss one, that's a potential risk that is still out there. And, and the risk is because employees no matter how well you train them somebody will click on that link and we also found that around three percent of employees will click on the link in a malicious email when if it was delivered to them and hackers only need one click they don't even need three percent of your employees to click one one click is more than enough and more importantly is that they forward these emails and they actually reply to those emails some of these messages may not even have any malicious payload some of these messages might Come from outside of your organization, asking if you have a minute for a, you know, for a quick um, request that they have, which will result in some fraudulent wire transfers or some gift card scams. So you don't want them to you know, to, to forward and reply those emails as well. And it just takes, th- those those attacks just spend way too much time in, in users' inboxes. And even if you are able to remediate and, ident- and those attacks really quickly, once you've identified them, it's this identification part. So the part between it's landing in your users' inbox and in you becoming aware that there is a threat that's what takes the longest time is for somebody to bring it up to your attention, or for you to identify those attacks.
0: Gotcha. I'm wondering specifically, like, how do these impact these uh, types of attacks impact SMBs versus you know the enterprise customers? I was wondering, does your research um, uh, flush any of that out?
2: That's a good question, Jay. And these stats are not specific to mid-sized businesses. An important note that cyber criminals aren't targeting based on the size of a business or the size of an organization. If you have data, you're a valuable target for them, and they're going to come after you one way or another. So the notion that SMBs might receive a higher rate of malicious emails or targeted attacks, and that that's due to the fact that they um, probably have less security tools, less security resources in-house, um, you know, that notion isn't necessarily true. What we find is that more security-conscious SMBs will get outside help, right? So if they don't have the resources available to them in, in-house, in um, they'll connect with a managed service provider to maintain their IT infrastructure, to get the security controls that they need um, and the services that are required to better protect their users, better protect their data.
0: Yeah, so we know that, you know, MSPs have been... Uh, actively helping their small to midsize uh, business customers, uh, you know, pr- protect them against these bad actors. And we know that you know, email security isn't new. So, what is it that um, is is missing now uh, that's enabling, you know, more of these threats to get through?
1: Well, one of the things that um, I think the organizations can do to to reduce the number of uh, any post-delivery threats that may occur or any attacks that land the users' inboxes is, is you know improve the prevention mechanisms that you have in place. Block more. Like what else is out there available for you to help you protect you, your organization users your users, their inboxes. And there is always um, there's always something else you can do. And we we talked earlier that you know this traditional security of rules and policies is just uh, unfortunately no longer enough. It's great against those high volume attacks, but when it comes to those targeted threats, it's just a little bit less effective. And a lot of the time you are looking for a single email, um, the single attack that may not have any malicious payload that could trigger any of these filters. There's no policy that you can possibly put in place that could accurately predict what that message may look like. So. You know, some organizations are looking to add banners to um, the uh, the incoming mail that will show that this comes from external uh, senders. And, you know, it's a good enough practice to begin with. But we've seen this um, over and over again to be relatively ineffective in the longer term and especially among employees that have to deal with external users, um, external um, individuals, uh, organizations, all the time, because every single email will have an external uh, banner, and you'll just stop noticing it. So you 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 can rely on your employees, but only up to up to a certain point, and then then they need a bit of help. And when it comes to this unique and highly targeted attacks, what you really need to put in place is more of an AI enabled defense that is able to learn and understand. Um, how your organization communicates and what's normal communication looks like, what's, wh- who you usually talk to, what kind of email addresses you use, what kind of requests you use. Um, you can even use some natural language processing today as well, where um, the AI is able to recognize the tone of voice that is uh, usually used by, by an employee. And all of that is definitely not an overkill because that's how um specific some of these attacks can be this is how meticulous some of the hackers can be and when they design these attacks is that they impersonate an individual or impersonate an organization to such extent that it will become really difficult for um, like a filtering technology when they use it to recognize that this is actually a malicious attack. So you want to catch as much as possible before before you're ready to remediate. You want to block um, w- what you can and um, because it will take more resources for you to identify those attacks post delivery than uh, it will to, um, to invest in, in additional levels of defense. And, um, and you definitely needs to train your users, uh, right Steph?
2: Yeah, that's right. I'll just build from there. So once you've prevented the majority of the malicious attacks and suspicious emails that your users re- will see, know that it's inevitable that they will see uh, an, a suspicious email. Um, and so on top of leveraging those advanced email security solutions that you were talking about, Alessia, and user education is critical. To any email protection strategy, it's not a nice to have, right? It's a must have because a single educated end user can prevent the devastating effects of a successful email attack and vice versa, right? An uneducated end user um, could be you know, the demise of a company at, at, at worst, right? What we've found is continuous security awareness um, activities, and education is also critical. So this can't just be a one and done. Even once a quarter um, is likely not enough. We're on email every single day. You know, Users are um, even more so now that so many of us are working remote. Um, we see messages flying by constantly, right? And so we're apt to forget these security best practices. Um, so having frequent security awareness testing and training initiatives for end users um, is is really necessary these days to keep security best practices top of mind and to keep users from clicking, um, you know, forwarding to their colleagues, follow, you know, following any requests made in some of these emails um, and instead, you know, hopefully reporting them. Um, What we've also discovered, you know, and I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, a really encouraging security culture might uh, result in users over-reporting, right? Which again, a good problem to have. Um, but you know, this does create a burden on IT teams. The good news that we discovered from our research is that after just two awareness campaigns consisting of some type of simulation testing and education activity, the accuracy of user-reported emails increases by 74%. So from that, we can draw the conclusion that the frequent awareness activity is going to lead to more accurate user reported email threats and less false positives. So it is spending less time sifting through, um, you know, emails that were reported, but are not any, that they pose no threat. Um, and they can, you know, address actual email threats quicker, uh, which is obviously critical to maintaining security.
0: Yeah, actually. So on top of, um, you know, what you've already mentioned, are there any additional, um, best practices you'd recommend for MSPs to protect their customers from these post-delivery email threats?
2: Yeah, definitely. So one thing I want to mention is automation. Um, and and automating these post-delivery remediation processes is, um, you know, really critical in saving you time and cycles and resources Um, and, you know, taking that three to six hours in remediation down, you know, upwards of 95% a lot of the time. Um, For MSPs, it's really critical to be able to detect these email attacks to prevent them as much as possible and to help their customers recover from them um, quickly, Right? And, and automation is going to play a key role in all of those processes. So not only will an automated threat response solution significantly reduce the time it takes to identify suspicious emails, which, as Alessia was saying earlier, is kind of the biggest time suck, it will also um, potentially remove them from affected users' inboxes. So that doesn't have to be a manual process that um, IT teams have to undertake right? They can automate that portion. Um, And then they can further automate processes that bolster defenses against future attacks. So take that attack, learn from it, and prevent future instances of the the same or similar attack types. Um, And the way MSPs can do this is by leveraging things like um, automated workflows, right? By implementing automated workflows, MSPs can really slash their email threat response time, um, reduce the time that that threat can spread, and they can easily meet customers' demands when it comes to what exactly does the customer want us to do um, when an email threat gets through to a user's inbox. Maybe they can automate some sort of training initiative um, that coincides with the type of threat they just saw. So MSPs um, can benefit from this by being able to provide better more efficient and effective threat mitigation services for their customers, um, and they can monetize this as an additional service, right? So less work for the MSPs because they're automating these processes, um, and better protection for their customers. It's a win-win.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a. This sounds like a very significant part of the puzzle to solving this challenge. Uh, you know, we started out talking about. Um, you know 10 users affected per month or 15 incidences and you know six to eight hours per incident you think like wow that that's easily overwhelming in IT staff and then we talked about well they got to do more preventative things they're already out of time but this here when you talk about automation saving you know freeing up 95 percent of their time I mean that's that's a game changer so I mean, how does it do this can you give us more insight into what is it about these solutions or tools that you know makes it more accurate, how does it achieve this, you know, time-saving and resources?
1: Right. So there, there's, um, if you think about it, there's really, you know, two main ways in which you are, uh, gonna go about to uncover threats that might, might have gone through it's, uh, either your users that we talked about a lot or the threat hunting. So you want to make those sources of your intelligence as quick and as efficient and as accurate as possible, that's the goal. So when it comes to your users, Stephanie talks a lot about the importance of training and you know they will start reporting to you and the more you train, the more accurate reporting becomes, but you will still get a lot of messages coming in that may not necessarily be um, malicious so where do you start how do you deal with uh with all of those user reported messages and um the first thing that you can do is when you train your users you want to train them to report um not just to report messages but you want to train them about the difference uh between the malicious message and an unwanted message so we all get a lot of um uh, email that's coming in that might be trying to sell us something looking for a meeting with us a white paper that we never wanted and sometimes uh users will report this thinking oh this is spam you you need to block this and that can become overwhelming that's what kind of becomes overwhelming for a lot of um it professionals Uh, and um a lot of the time you want them to focus just on those malicious messages um but you can also uh deploy various tools that will help you to triage those messages. So if you have 100 messages been reported by your end users, where do you start? well you might want to quickly look up how many users were impacted was it only one individual that got this message or did half of my organizations receive this message are there any other threat intelligence that i can rely on to to get that information is there uh, some form of risk uh, scoring for example associated with this message and a lot of the security vendors can provide that kind of information uh, about the email you know it's a uh, uh, for example we we think that this this email is malicious and we are not 100% sure but it looks like it's a, you know 70 confidence and you know you can you can use those to triage some of those um um some of those uh um uh emails that the user reported um and the second one is of course the threat hunting so a lot of the time uh it admins will spend um hours looking for those emails that might have gotten through and they they are they are time consuming and it's And this is something that you definitely can automate and and use various uh, tools to help you. So, for example, you can um, do have tools in place that will help look for anomalies within the delivered messages. Like, do you usually receive any email from outside of the U.S.? Do you have tools that will very quickly show you that you received a bunch of emails from uh, countries that you've never done business with and might want to investigate? Um, Do you want to? automatically and very quickly uh, act on those messages and then uh, maybe block any future messages coming from that region you know all of these things sometimes can take hours days but they don't have to they can take minutes uh if that and then you know you you may also want to kind of broaden how uh, different threat intel and the sources from which you are you are getting that threat intel so for example at barracuda we you know, our threat intelligence is constantly updating. So if uh, our customers received an email at 6am and it's gotten through by 9am, our intelligence might have gotten updated. And by 9am, we might know that this is was actually malicious message. So does your vendor has an ability to recognize that that message is malicious automatically post delivery. So that will really help you uh, speed up your time. What if uh other Barracuda customers have identified something as malicious and have remediated the message and already created an incident response and uh, program and they've pulled those messages from the, from their end users inboxes? Do you want to know about those incidents? What if your end users received the same email? So all of those things, all of that threat intelligence can be uh really helpful at um, making it faster and accurate and really help you so save resources because you can you can really uh, speed up the remediation process.
0: Excellent.
2: Yeah, and and I'll just add on to that, right? So once those threats are identified and you've leveraged the tools that you need to help do that quickly, you got to jump into action to stop that threat from spreading within an organization, right? One way, of course, pull that email out of the user's inboxes as fast as possible. Automate that if you can. Um, But that's not enough, right? And so you really want to be able to leverage integration points so that you can continuously stop that spread of the attack and prevent future instances of it. Let's not forget that these email threats often come in waves, right? Targeting different users within the organization every other hour, let's say. Um, So how do you keep that attack from coming back? Again, leverage some integration points between your post-delivery remediation solution and your um, gateway email security solution and your web security solution. Um, you know you can consider an email attack coming through, uh, getting to one of your users with a link in it, right? Not a malicious link, a link to a perfectly fine phishing website <laughs> with a high reputation, mm-hmm. um, right? So it made it past your security controls. A user clicks on it. Um, you know and uh and has some trouble right and, and they copy that link and they put it in slack and say hey guys i got this um you know message from it telling me to reset my password they gave me this link i keep rese- trying to reset my password and and the screen is getting stuck is anybody else having this issue um you know what you can do if you've got integration with web security is keep anybody else from going to that website oh, yeah. um right so that's how quickly and easily threats can spread internally um, if, if you can block access for all users to a website that you've deemed malicious, um, you know, all the better. And, and sometimes um, just an email security solution alone can miss those, it doesn't have visibility, right, into Slack necessarily. And so through all these other communication tools and platforms, right, we need to definitely um, be proactive in, in preventing um, those threats from spreading on those channels as well. Um, and you know, I briefly touched on, um, automation and, um, I want to talk about that a little bit more too, because leveraging things like automated workflows is definitely becoming, uh, more popular, um, amongst organizations and a great way to really speed up, um, the remediation process and make it more effective, um, The specifics of incident response are going to differ from organization to organization and MSPs already know that, right? So their customers are all going to want um, different uh, outcomes to happen after an email threat gets through, right? So do you block that sender? Do you quarantine the message? Do you send an alert to all of the users? Do you send an alert to the administrator? Every organization is going to want something different um, with some, you know, the ability to implement an automated workflow, you can tailor incident response to meet the specific needs of each organization. And again, you don't have to memorize that, right? You don't have to put a, a different person um, on each customer account to, um, you know, to um, execute all of the different tasks that that specific customer might want. You can build that in uh, as an automated workflow. And, um, you know, um, you can activate that remediation playbook, uh, and it kicks off and does all of that um, remediation work for you. And so just a great way to save time, a great way to tailor the experience to meet the needs of each individual customer. Um, And again, take manual processes out of the equation as much as possible.
0: Excellent. I think this is a, you know, very, uh, positive and practical, uh, note to, uh, to share with the, um, MSPs, our listeners that, you know, when we talk about security, a lot of times, you know, it gets into the little bit of the feel overwhelmed and bleak and like the bad guys are winning kind of thing. But, you know, it's nice to know that the answer isn't just that MSPs need to work longer hours and work harder, but really we're talking about with the help of these, um, AI and automation solutions, this, can give them an extra set of eyes and help them to work smarter and actually really significantly cut down on the time that they're spending um, protecting their uh, customers from these threats. Well, excellent. Uh, I really appreciate um, uh, your time here uh, again today. As always, very uh, eye-opening, enlightening, and helpful. And I look forward to uh, having you uh, both back again sometime. We can uh, pick up this discussion.
2: Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us.